Hi, Foxies. The episode you're trying to listen to is right around the corner, but first, we need your help. You may have noticed that there are no ads during the Fox and the Foxhound. We prefer this, being ad haters ourselves, but we need your help to keep it that way. If you love this show, please consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash the Fox and the Foxhound. We have Patreon tiers starting at just $1 a month. And not only will you get fun extra content and an unedited cut of every episode two days early, you'll be directly responsible for keeping the show going in all of its ad-free glory. Thanks to all of our existing patrons, past patrons, and hopefully future patrons. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fox and the Foxhound. We're so happy to have you. If this is your first time, my name is Amanda, and my husband Kevin and I are reading through the Harry Potter books together. While I'm an established fan, he's a complete Potter virgin. We started the series and the show during the countdown to our wedding. And now, as we work through the final book in the series, we've been married for two years and have our first child on the way. While our primary goal is to work through the Potter series as literature, discussing the story and applying some of the wisdom we find to our life together, be warned, tangents lie ahead. And singing and grown-up jokes, some occasional toilet humor, and fairly pervasive adult language. Guard tiny ears accordingly. Let's do this. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head that didn't hurt. Oh, God. Is that your state this morning? Yeah, Sunday morning coming down. No, I that don't song? know Sunday morning coming down. It's <laughs> <laughs> not my genre of music. <laughs> Although you were blasting country music while you were in the shower. My Sunday ritual is country until 10 <sighs> and then reggae from 10 to 12. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't been able to like blast music in the shower since little lady has arrived in right. the world because her nursery is literally next to the bathroom. Yeah. But... Nana has the babe this morning. Yeah. So I thought I'd throw in a little Tim McGraw, little Kenny Chez. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky little Clint Black. Oh, God. Yikes. Well, happy Sunday morning. Happy Sunday. You came up with the breeze on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's a great song. That's a that's a really good one. And that's our show. <laughs> We are, as has been the case recently, only covering one chapter today. The Lost Diadem. Diaphragm. Diadem. The Lost Diadem. Damn. The Lost Diadem. Diadem. <laughs> Damn it. This cannot be an ongoing joke. First of all, you're really dating yourself because, like, diaphragms aren't a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if they were, then Republicans would be trying to ban them, I'm sure. So that's fun. Sure. <laughs> we are drinking Nespresso Tropical Coconut Iced oh, Coffee, Jesus. and we've already had regular coffee. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to be squirrely until I hit my anxiety wall with the caffeine. And then I'm going to be pensive and quiet and really weird. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it happens at some point during the episode. Oh, Okay. Just let us know. Okay, just keep us posted, please. The Lost Diadem. Let's remember what a diadem is. It's kind of like a tiara. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Luna's dad, Xenophilius Lovegood, BT-dub, mm -hmm. was trying to sort of recreate like a model of the, who was the Ravenclaw person? What was her name? Rowena. Rowena Ravenclaw's diadem. Yes, exactly. Because it was supposed to like increase, you know, the, the mental power of the wearer. Yeah. You know, and, and Rowena Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw house is all about, you know, uh, the mind cleverness and yeah, yeah exactly. And, and knowledge and being studious. And I just imagine that all the Ravenclaws are just always reading large books, leather bound books. Yeah. And there's only two people that are in the fifth house that's me and d marks we're in dave and claw dave and claw hey john <laughs> so yeah chapter 29 the lost diadem i am reading first this week neville what the how 
But Neville had spotted Ron and Hermione and with yells of delight was hugging them too. The longer Harry looked at Neville, the worse he appeared. One of his eyes was swollen, yellow and purple. There were gouge marks on his face and his general air of unkemptness suggested that he had been living rough. Harry whirled around, slipped off the plinth and landed on the floor. The sloping shouldered figure of Electo Caro was standing before him, and even as Harry raised his wand, she pressed a stubby forefinger to the skull and snake branded on her forearm. I need to know, how were you feeling when you read the end of that chapter? <laughs> My butt puckered. <laughs> yeah. It's just so sudden. It's such an abrupt end to the yeah. chapter, and it's, I don't know if it's like the author created tension so effectively when Harry and Luna are like in the corridor that, you know, you go, oh, thank God they made it into the Ravenclaw yeah, common room. You let your guard down. You totally let your guard down. And then you, oh, shit. <laughs> and you know how I've said on several episodes, like everybody's celebrating. Look out. Something really bad's about to happen. Yes. That's another thing that she does is gets everybody in a really good mood. Oh, my yeah. God. It's the reunion and everyone's back and they're all friends again. And Harry's got his girlfriend back. And oh, shit. Here comes the Dark Lord. Yeah, exactly. The Dark D. The d- Whoa, whoa. The Dark D. I don't know where that came from, but totally different thing. So we start this chapter with this, you know, kind of observation of the state of Neville. Like he's, he's not looking too good. He looks like he's done 10 rounds in the boxing ring. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's cut up and beat up. Really nonchalant about it. He's in a great mood. He's in a great fucking mood. And he tells Aberforth, Neville does, that there might be a couple more coming through and they're going to apparate into the bar directly. Like poor Aberforth. Like he's become like the conductor at grand central station. I swear uh, they're going to get this guy killed. You know, he doesn't seem, I don't know. Aberforth doesn't seem too like afraid if he's in fear for anybody. It's the other people. Like, yeah, he doesn't seem old man. He's He's a very clean old man. Very clean old man. I don't know. Is he clean? He's very into goats. So I don't know how clean Aberforth is. Yeah. So there are seven passages into Hogwarts. Yeah. And Neville lets Harry know they've all been sealed up. There's only this one that we have here. That's on some other, other shit. Not on the Marauders map. Right. That Ron notes. And it's it's like, it's not like they caved in the other secret passageways. They put curses on them and they have like Dementors waiting at like the other ends of the, it's. It's Fort Knox. It's bad. It's real bad. So one of the things that Neville says when Harry comments on his state was you should see Seamus. He looks even worse. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking, well, damn, what have these guys been up to? Mm-hmm. So then Neville gives them like, hey, this is an update on like the new Hogwarts. This exactly. is what's going on. Yes. Basically, the two head people in charge are the Caros. Mm-hmm. And that's Amicus and Electo, who are brother and sister, right? They're brother and sister. And they are like ruling with an iron fist. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really funny is that Defense Against the Dark Arts is now just called the dark arts. <laughs> right. I mean, it wasn't it always kind like, of it really depending on the year, depending on the teacher. So we have Severus Snape as headmaster. But yeah, the according to Neville, like the Caros are really kind of running the show in the sense that they're in charge of all discipline. They're the crab and Goyle. They're the crab and Goyle to the Malfoy, to Severus yeah. Snape's Malfoy. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. You have seen the Caros before. Do you remember? I remember the name. They were at the Astronomy Tower, on the Astronomy Tower, when Snape That's killed right. Dumbledore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. The bad, bad, bad people. Yes. So they've been saying that, like, things are so rough there. The school is, like, such an intense place. They encourage kids to practice the Cruciatus Curse on other kids who have detention. Yeah. That was, like, one of their lessons in dark arts class. <laughs> and Avecto has started teaching muggle studies. Electo. Electo. Mm-hmm. Right. Electo, Avecto. <laughs> Avecto sounds like a... I'm reading my own handwriting and it's like, is that a V or an L? Avecto sounds like an, an industrial cleaner of some kind. To me, it sounds like one of those drugs that has 65 side effects. <gasps> yes. Ask your doctor if Avecto is right for you. May cause stomach bleeding. Right. Suicidal thoughts or actions. Oh, yeah. Uh, pharmaceutical commercials, something that is unique to the USA. Yeah. <laughs> It's the greatest country Tell in the world. your doctor that you saw this commercial and right. you want to be on this drug. Freaking bizarre. 
ask your doctor if going to fucking medical school is right for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So Electo is teaching muggle studies and it's basically how muggles are scumbags, mm-hmm. how they are the reason that they push wizards into hiding mm-hmm. and how they are disgusting vermin and need to be taken over. This would be like if you had Ben Shapiro teaching a women's history class, like <laughs> let's be honest. Or ben Carson. <laughs> or Ben Carson or Tucker Carlson or any of those chodes teaching about like women's liberation, women's history, feminism. Yeah. It's, um, it's not good. And I want to know how you felt about something. So when Neville is talking about electo teaching muggle studies, Neville's basically like, that's how I got this gash across my face because I couldn't stand what she was saying anymore or whatever. And Ron says to Neville, like, dude, like sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. Like there's a time and a place for running your mouth, basically. I tend to agree like with Ron here. I think Ron has a, a good point. Like, you know, you got your face gouged because you couldn't keep your mouth shut. Like, but how do you feel about that? Like, do you think you should always speak up like about, well, it makes me, I've talked about this in the show before how I was in high school Yeah, and it kind of makes me think of young me and how like I had to learn, like maybe sometimes you need to shut the hell up. Yeah. But I completely identify with Neville's rebellious spirit and wanting to stick it to the man. Like Neville's the most punk rock person in Hogwarts. Totally. He don't give a shit, you know, like he's poking the bear, poking the bear. He's got that big Fred and George energy going on. He totally does. He's punk rock. Neville is like an absolutely accurate statement. He he's he's incredible. But I think like from Ron's perspective, because Neville basically says, like, I emulated you, Harry. I thought about like what Harry would have done in this situation. But Harry's also like put himself in some really stupid situations because he's run his mouth. I think that the best thing that Neville can do, because he's still running this Dumbledore's army and has this room of requirement that kids are all moving into, like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Like <laughs> yeah. if he's doing all that, he needs to stay off the radar yeah. and toe the mark and do his studies and like act like he loves the Dark Lord and yes. kiss the Caro's ass. That's what he should do because he's making the hood hot. Like mm-hmm. he's bringing heat upon himself. Yeah. But he's in charge of a bigger thing. He's I love his ambition, but I agree. He needs to tone it down a little bit. I think you're absolutely right. When it comes to advocacy, like the lesson we can take from this is that sometimes like if you know that you have an inherent ability to rally other people and that's the stuff that's going to make a huge impact, right? Yeah. Instead of standing up in this one class and running your mouth that one time and putting yourself on the radar and essentially pushing like it does eventually with Neville into this time to disappear kind of situation. Well, now, you know, what about the other students who haven't yet reached that point that it was time to disappear? Don't know about this room of requirement. Like now they don't have their rallying guy anymore. Yeah. And we have to remember that Snape knows all the relationships between all these kids. He knows that Neville was like buddies with the golden trio. Yeah. Yeah. He might not have been like inner circle really, but he knows like who knows who and who hangs out with who. So definitely we have to remember that. Also, it's like, dude, you make the hood hot, but you keep disappearing for hours at a time. Right. Right. Don't you think they're going to start to want, why is this kid who's always making trouble? Why does he disappear for three hours a day? Where the hell does he go? Right. So Neville also lets them know it's really the kids who have friends or family on the outside that are making trouble for the Death Eaters yeah. have it the worst inside. Yes. So Luna's dad, you know, shaking shit up. She got taken. Mm-hmm. Off the train. Off the train. Like, you slept on the train? You slept ah! on the train? Ah! So, um, but he's like, it's cool. I've talked to Luna. She sent me a message through one of the old coins that Harry Yay! gave them. The old DA coins. I feel like I may be completely making this up. This might be a false memory, but I feel like at some point you mentioned during book five, like, I don't think we've seen the last of these coins, or I think these coins are going to get, and maybe you just meant within the context of the book that we were reading, but I remember you being like kind of fixated on these coins. And I remember thinking like, oh, these are going to come back. If any of the listeners can remember, stuff it up our show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, or just send us an email. It's also fine. The Death Eaters went after Gran. 
Neville's grandma, who we know that's who he lives with, his grand. Augusta Longbottom. They came after her ass, and he was like, they didn't know that they were fucking with the wrong old witch Uh when they came rolled up on my grand. He was like, now Dawlish is in St. Mungo's. Like, she cursed him or something so bad that he's, like, in St. Mungo's, and she's on the run. Yes. Which made me think about the wing song, Grand on the Run. That's not the lyrics. Grand on the Run. (laughs) Well, can we also take a second and recognize that Dollish, the Auror, is like, once again... The the asshole who got his ass handed to him. Yeah. He's the one who, like, when McGonagall was hit with those stunners, I think it was Hagrid, like, fucking destroyed Dollish. Yeah. Dollish got destroyed in Dumbledore's office when Dumbledore, like... Flipped out. When he fled, yeah. you know, from Umbridge. Like, Dollish is kind of this ongoing butt of a joke that you don't notice until you've read this series, I think a few times. And yeah. you're like, hold on. It's always dollish. Have you ever seen National Lampoon's European Vacation? Oh, I think so. They keep driving around, but they keep hurting this guy. It's one of the guys <laughs> from Monty Python. And they like hit him on his bicycle and they run into him. They smack him with a door, but yes. he keeps coming up. That's dollish. It's that like this guy can't stop getting dollish. hurt. There's also a guy in Avatar that has like a, a, a cabbage stand, I think. Someone will correct me if that's wrong because yeah. it's a super popular series. And that's kind of an ongoing joke. Yeah. Gran should not be fucked with. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So the, basically Neville had to like escape. I mean, he had to, like, escape from Hogwarts, but you can't really escape from Hogwarts. So he was running from the Death Eaters, I think, and needed a place to hide. And the room of requirement was like, I got you, dog. You need somewhere to poop. (laughs) So this room of requirement opens up and more people, more kids started, like, escaping to there. And the room just keeps adding hammocks. Yeah. And so it's like this little dormitory thing that's going on. It's really cool. You know, it's um, Neville has like closed all of the loopholes so that like the Caros, even if they somehow knew that that's where they were going, they still can't get in. Like yeah. it's really kind of a perfect as long as they leave place. one kid as long there. as one because you can't have a hiding place with no one hiding in it. You yeah. know, like there has to be someone there. One thing we didn't mention that I think is really sweet though is that Grand did write to Neville and told him how proud of him she is. Remember, she's like not been impressed with her grandson this yeah, whole time. Yeah. Like I've kind of sometimes have a little bit of towards Augusta Longbottom about that, but she's like, you are your parent's son. So proud of you. Gran on the run. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Peace. Deuces. So since the room of requirement gives you what you like really need, mm-hmm. you have to like, you have to think about that. What it is you actually want. What happened was Neville moves into the room of requirement. He's been there for a while and he's hungry. Yeah. And so like the room of requirement just like, boom, creates this passageway. Yeah. And it leads to Hogshead. And that's when, uh, what's his name? Aberforth. Yeah. Has been providing him with food. Yeah. And then as other kids came there, that's where they've been getting food. That's the explanation for this passageway. Exactly. And it's the explanation that still fits within the canon of why the room of requirement just doesn't have like a banquet table full of food because there's weird shit about magic and food. You can't just create food with magic. It's one of the laws of trans Gamp's laws of transfiguration or whatever. And that it gives you what you need. Like it provides you for what you need, but it's not a magic lamp. It doesn't give you like a whore and a bunch of cocaine. Right. Right. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but I don't know who needs that. It'll give you like, a portal to like a fried chicken store. <laughs> You're really fixated on these kids and characters in Harry Potter. It's because there's chicken. so much fried chicken in this series. No, there's they not. Just, they just mention it so much that I can't help but <laughs> bring it up. Never been mentioned. <laughs> fried chicken. No. So <sighs> as all this is going on and Neville's explaining it, Harry has a little micro vision. Ow, shit, my scar hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's Voldemort. And he's standing in a stone shack looking down at floorboards that have been ripped up and an empty gold box. Now, yeah. what horcrux is this? Is the ring. This, 
This is what I was going to ask yeah. you. Is this the Gaunt's place? Yes. And it's the yeah. ring. It's the ring, which is now gone. So he knows, okay, up until this point, Voldemort knew that Harry knew there was like a horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least like one single horcrux because he knows that Hufflepuff's cup was stolen. Yeah. And there would be no other reason to steal that cup because it's pretty unremarkable. And so now he knows that Harry or Dumbledore combination, whatever, Dumbledore is gone, but he told Harry that there's more than one Horcrux. So now Voldemort's got to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like Now he, he knows what these are. He knows that I didn't just do this once. Like most psychotic people who make Horcruxes just make one Horcrux. Like he knows now that I made multiple. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he knows about all of them. And so he's starting to really, really panic. He's pissed. He's pissed. And this leads to a real sense of urgency from Harry because he's surrounded by all these familiar faces. Lavender Brown is there. The Patil twins are there. I mean, like, it's it's the old DA. Yeah. It really is. And it's been this kind of happy reunion. And then he has this vision and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here for a reason. Shit, shit, shit. And they sort of naively because they don't have all the information or like, Oh, Harry's back. We're going to war. They really think yeah. that they're going to like fight the Caros and Snape and like bust their way out of Hogwarts. And I like, love their I, confidence. It's amazing. Like they, you got to think these kids are almost adults now. Yeah. Like they're a year away from being old enough to like enter the draft, at least in the United States and like yeah. go to war. So they're not little kids anymore. They're ready to kick some ass. Absolutely. And they're excited about that. But Harry's like, these motherfuckers, they don't know about Horcruxes. Right. They don't know about the Deathly Hallows, the Resurrections. Like, there's so much you guys don't know. Yeah. And so Harry's like, listen, we have to, like, do this alone. And they're like, ah, to hell with that. Let's go. Like, we're an army. And he's like, no, like, you don't understand. And Neville starts to get a little upset with him. Absolutely. Like, Dude, I've been holding the fort down exactly. the whole time you've been gone. I've been getting my ass kicked by the Caros and training these kids. And we're living in hammocks and shit, <laughs> eating ham from the bar. What? You know, it's probably goat. Huh? Everything goat is thing. hog something. So I just assume there's a lot of pork. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's probably goat. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, Aberforth loves goats. He so likes maybe cats too. Meow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, look, Dumbledore sent. Me, I mean, us on a mission. Right. And like, I'm not allowed to really tell anyone because he told me not to tell anyone. And Neville is like, has a great point. He's like, but we're Dumbledore's army. Like. This is what we were leading up to this whole time. Exactly. But like, they don't know what Harry's been through, man, on the outside. But they would if he would let them in. And that's Neville's point is like. Why can't you just trust us? And he thinks, damn, am I being like Dumbledore now? I love this introspection. I think that this is the my favorite part of the whole chapter is when he has this thought. Because I think maybe he a little bit understands Dumbledore's position, at least for a microsecond of mm -hmm. like, oh, everybody don't need to know everything. Right. But you can also overcorrect too much yeah. with that idea of everybody doesn't need to know everything and end up going, nobody needs to know anything. And that's, it's too extreme. And I, I don't know the reason yet. I'm hoping we'll learn that Dumbledore trusted Snape so much, mm -hmm. but that part was something that was a, a deck of cards that he didn't share right. enough. And he was naive about. And it and, killed him in the yes. long run. And Harry has this entire book so far has really been struggling with how he feels about this man who could have made things a lot easier for him. He could have made this mission a lot easier for him. And he didn't because he just didn't share information. Now, we don't know why? You know, Harry's yeah. like, did he not trust me? Did he? But he's had a lot of those kind of crises internally. Like, did he not trust me? And now we've got Neville going, why can't you trust me? Yeah. Like, it's got to sort of go, man, I didn't like that feeling when I thought Dumbledore didn't trust me. Maybe I am being unfair. And finally, it's Ron who's like, dude, just let them help. Like, why can't they help? And once he's got his two best mates going, you don't have to do this alone. Like, I think it's okay. Yeah. 
then he's like, all right, cool. I'll lay it out. I think it's so sad when Neville says, he was my grandfather too. It's He doesn't say that. <laughs> Dumbledore was not anybody's grandfather. So then cats start showing up, right? Other students, because Neville's probably messaged them with the little magic coin. Yeah. First, Luna and Dean show up. Thank yeah. God Luna's okay. This yeah. girl worries me to death. I know. And then Jenny. Well, hello. Hello. Harry's like, oh, my girl's back. Fred, George, Lee Jordan, and Cho Chang. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Oh, God. So awky. And all of them are also raring to go. They're like, yo, what's up? We doing this? Let's go. Let's go. Let's yes, roll. absolutely. And Ron and Hermione say, when they tell him, Harry, hey, we should let them help. They say, we don't have to explain exactly the Horcruxes and the Hallows and all this shit. Like, it, you know, the, the what is it? The 14 herbs and spices and, and the Colonel's secret recipe. <laughs> like, we don't have to give them, like, our entire fried chicken recipe. We can just, <laughs> you know, let them know what we need them to do. God, for a vegan, you're really obsessed with fried chicken. So Harry addresses the group and is like, listen. <laughs> Listen, listen, this is D Marks talking to his family in the morning. Listen, 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 folks, listen, guys, listen, sit down. Are you listening? Please put your fork down and listen to me when I'm talking to you. We're about to talk about some DMB. He says, there's a, there's an item Mm -hmm. that I need, possibly a Ravenclaw item. Right. Has anybody seen a Ravenclaw-ish item? (laughs) What will have... A raven on it or a claw of some type? Believe it or not, the bird for Ravenclaw is an eagle, which makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Because then they would have to be called Eagle Claw. I don't know why. Which is my super patriotic um, country band that I just started. Eagle Claw. Eagle Claw. (laughs) Caw Caw. Freedom. A friend Chelsea calls White Claws Bear Claws. (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me of Bear Claw and New Girl. Bear Claw. Bear Claw. (laughs) Jess. (laughs) <laughs> so Luna steps in and is like, ah, yes, the lost item. My father, what wrote the weird paper, has been creating a cosplay version of this tiara back at his weird house. <laughs> a functional cosplay version. He's been attempting it. And Cho Chang says, well, hey, in the Ravenclaw common room, mm-hmm. there's a statue of, what's her name? Deodora Ravenclaw? Rowena. Rowena. Rowena Ravenclaw. Rowena Ravenclaw. It's alliterative. Like, it's not that hard to remember. All of their names are alliterative. <laughs> so I can take you up there because this, is it a statue of her or a painting? It's like a bust it's, of her. Yeah. yeah, it's like this bust of her. If you go see it. The diadem is like part of the scope. Then you'll know what it kind of looks like. So you know what you're looking for a little bit better. Which is a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. About that time, HP has another vision. Scar starts hurting. And it's, to me, this is so comical. It's Voldemort flying through the air. Like, (laughs) I don't like the flying. I don't like Voldemort flying. I think it's just so (laughs) comical. Like, what is he? Are his arms out like Superman? (laughs) Is he in a sitting position like the people from Up? It's the, like what is it? he's not on a broom like is the song from Wizard of Oz playing but he has a snake around him he's yeah. got Nagini with him you know yeah. and all I could imagine was me flying up on a broom beside Voldemort <laughs> and going Voldemort give you a piece of advice you got to ride the snake <laughs> and then I'm like is Voldemort riding Nagini like a tray you on. <laughs> Falcor and never ending story. Turn around, look into your dreams. The snake is smiling all big. Like, you've created a visual for me that it's really hard to get rid of. And I I will never forgive you for that. Because <laughs> this is Remember the music terrifying. at the end when uh, Bastion actually gets on the back of Falcor and it's like, it's Voldemort smiling. It's I don't, I'm gonna ride my snake and go get the <laughs> wizard boy. I don't think Voldemort is smiling. Remember, the fact that Voldemort can fly without a broom is supposed to be terrifying. And it's depending one of the- on his physical position <laughs> in the air. So, listeners, 
please, if you're on Discord, uh, this is my Discord challenge for the week. That is, try your best to draw <laughs> the position that you think Voldemort is flying in. Is it both arms out like Superman? Is it one arm out and one arm back? Does he have his arms outstretched like a plane? Whee! Like he's a plane? Like he's got one of those wingsuits on? How is he flying? Like, what is his body position? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't. Or is it more like a Marvel thing where he's like, basically looks like he's standing up, but he's just traveling forward? I, I've literally never thought about it. I've never thought about this. this dumb, bald snake man with his stupid looking nose on this dumb, fat <laughs> snake flying through the air. Why it's is the stupidest, Why is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in Why my life. Is this Dumb and fat. I don't get why. <laughs> when I was reading this and we had this vision, I thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever read in this entire series. He's flying with his pet snake. Like, what? If he lands in some sort of car and like drives to Hogwarts, I'm going to be like, that's it. I'm not, I'm not reading his shit anymore. He would not drive a muggle car. Like, are you kidding me? This is, uh, again, this is supposed to be a terrifying fact that Voldemort doesn't need, need a broom to fly. It doesn't, doesn't look terrifying in your head now, does it? No. <laughs> and I really wish you would stop doing Mirror. that. <laughs> hiss, hiss. Mirror. <laughs> My God. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Voldemort's on the way, probably to Hogwarts, you know, and as soon as he shows up, all the kids are just going to bust out laughing. Holy <laughs> shit. Did you ride that snake here? <laughs> Piece of chicken in one hand, wand in the other, just happy as can be. You know? What? Uh, whew. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So HP and Luna go, there's a little staircase that opens. Oh, first of all, let's Great. talk about Jenny. I love this. Jenny from the block. I love this. So Chang is like, Harry, don't worry. I can take you up to the Ravenclaw room. And Jenny's like, nah, bitch. Luna will take him up to the Ravenclaw room because y'all going to go there and make out. I mean, first of all, Jenny, do you not trust your man? Like, I if know. you don't trust your man, then your relationship has some issues. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things like I think it's a funny moment, but I'm also kind of like, come on, Jenny. Like on, it's Jenny. now the time. Yeah, like, they get catty. Let's really let's chill. So this little staircase has like appeared because they need it. Right. And it leads up to the Ravenclaw common room. Harry's never been to the Ravenclaw common room. He's right. never even been to the floor that it's on. Well, so this staircase, this exit from the room of requirement, it doesn't lead you exactly where you need to go. What it does is it dumps you out somewhere different That's every right. time. Every day is somewhere different. Which is handy, but it also like kind of scary. Fortunately, Harry Potter has the Marauder's Map and the Invisibility Cloak. Yeah. Because theoretically, it could spit you out like right in front of Electo Caro. Or Amicus Caro, or Snape, or, you know, who knows? So they get to the Ravenclaw room, yeah, and it asks you a question, yeah, and you have to get it right. It's not a password. He's like, what if you get it wrong? She's like, you got to wait till somebody gets it right. That's how you learn. I would never get to go to bed. I'm like, oh my God. Imagine just standing out there all cold, like in your PJs, like, come on, guys. Like, Do you know how bad at riddles I am? Like, I'm so bad at riddles. <laughs> It's really, I don't think I've ever gotten a Put riddle. Put that in your Tinder profile. <laughs> I'm so bad at riddles. I don't think I've literally ever gotten a riddle correctly, like <laughs> ever solved a riddle. It probably like, makes you feel anxious. It makes me feel so anxious. I promise you, it is true that in my life I've never solved a riddle. So I would be screwed. I would be absolutely screwed. So he looks at the bust and it says, wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. Mm -hmm. And then... Like I read at yeah. the end, boom. Yeah. The Caro lady shows up. Mia Caro. Mia Caro. <laughs> Electo Caro. Yeah. She shows up and pushes the call the Dark Lord button on her arm. <laughs> right. Yes. Push here for Dark Lord. Oh, our table's ready. So now he's on his snake. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't you love when you go for a snake flight and you come back and your food's ready? <laughs> 
Turn around. <laughs> Please stop it. So those two are talking to each other in their stupid parcel tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry didn't know if Voldemort was headed to the lake, you know, the, the cave, the lake, whatever, to check on that Horcrux or if he was headed to Hogwarts. But now you can be damn sure. Yeah. Even if he was headed towards the lake, he's going to turn tail. <laughs> Literally because he's on a snake. <laughs> Just, uh, you know. Recalculating. <laughs> Nagini, we are changing course. Recalculating. <laughs> In 300 feet, turn right. <laughs> Your destination. (laughs) (laughs) You have arrived to Hogwarts School of Wizard Kids and Wizardry. (laughs) Wizard Kids and Wizardry. The School of Werewolf and Wizardry. Jesus Christ. Off the rails. Off the rails. That's it. That's the chapter. That's it. Definitely a cliffhanger. Yeah. That one for sure. What's your prophecy this week? My prophecy at this point, a lot of them have to do with like what's going to happen for the rest of the series. Sure. Because there's only like less than 10 chapters left. And that's, I think some of these kids are going to die. Some of the kids in this room, I it, think she's going to kill some of these kids. It wouldn't be a very good story if like all the good guys lived. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. And then I find myself like judging, I find myself judging like, who I would rather die than someone else. Oh, you know? no. It's Can like if Lee Jordan died, I'd be like, damn, couldn't you kill Ernie McMillan? Yeah, Ernie McMillan kind of sucks. But then if somebody else died, like if Luna died, I'd be like, damn, can't you just kill Lee Jordan? You know, oh, like there's yeah, some characters there's a hierarchy. that are more important than me, and that makes me feel like a psychopath. Maybe they're all going to die. Maybe none of them are going to die. Good Lord. If, that, if every one of these kids <laughs> dies, I'm going to be like, what the hell have we been doing the past few years? <laughs> This is like that Star Wars movie where they kill all those kids in that place. Oh, God. Yeah, that was freaking brutal. I can't tell you which movie that is because it was like we watched all the Star Wars movies. I think it was episode really three. I think it was, was episode happening. three. Wasn't it? Episode three. Isn't that where Anakin like turns bad? Sure. I think so. Into Darth Vader. Yeah. I almost said turns into the Dark Lord. Wait a second. <laughs> all I remember is like halfway through. Episode two, it starts, the story starts to get a lot better. I, I really liked episode three. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought episode three was kind of good. Maybe it's episode two where he kills we all the kids. We need to go back and watch know. those. Yeah, maybe. It's just so not my thing. Like outer space stuff, except for foundation, which I really enjoyed. Foundation was cool. Yeah. What is your. I didn't even have to ask. Okay, that's your Hedwig's Digital Get Down Hoot. Um, Our Hedwig's Digital Get Down comes from Pete. 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 And Pete sent us two voicemails. One of them was the responses to our questions that we asked. But we, you know, we've done that the past couple of weeks. Not last week, but we're going to save those for later. Pete also sent in a really great voicemail about our dear Hermione, who we didn't see a ton in this chapter. She was there, you know, like she was present, but we didn't hear a ton from her. So let's hear what Pete had to say. Hi, Kevin Amanda. It's Pete. Um, I just wanted to send a quick message in, in defense of Hermione. A few episodes ago, uh, there was the discussion which you had about Hermione being a bit of a naysayer when it came to believing in the truth behind the Hallows. And it's something that the fandom's been discussing for quite a while about why she's so negative. But in the same way, as you discussed a few weeks ago about Ron being the representation of the average wizard view, Hermione is the representation of the average muggle-born that comes into this world. You know, she comes from a world that was built on academics and science and things not being real and things that are real. And over the past six years, she's had to probably process so much that it's no wonder she refuses to believe 
that a fairy tale could have any more meaning because that's like the one consistent thing that's come from her world and everything else about her life has been for want of a better word shattered when she realized she was a witch and suddenly she had to deal with that and process all that and we don't get any time to the discussion of that but given what we know of Hermione and how she is it's probably not difficult to assume that there's an element of her at first that challenged the idea that witches and wizards were real too. Um, I feel like every time I, I write in, well, speaking, I'm somehow defending Hermione, but I, I don't know, it was just an, an idea I had. Pete, once again. Hermione Granger's lawyer, yeah. Pete Collins. <laughs> I know, but it's really effective. I think it's a really good, really good point that she represents the muggle viewpoint because she comes into this she comes into this wizarding world from the outside perspective. And I think the author does use that as a device mm-hmm. to constantly reconnect with us who didn't grow up because maybe we'd get a little too lost in the soup if we didn't have someone that stepped in. Yeah. Yeah. We say like, Oh, she's being negative. She's being a naysayer, but you always have to be reminded how special this world is. And I think it's important to contrast that the wizarding world in this universe exists in our actual world. Absolutely. And I also really like Pete's point about how much Hermione has had to suspend her disbelief and like how much she's had to process. Like she really, when you look at it from that angle, she doesn't get enough credit. You know, she's not only like unfairly criticized and and I include myself in that, like I've been unfair to her, but she doesn't get enough credit for how much she has just kind of like accepted as true that had to be every ounce of her mental strength going. There's no way that's true. And she's turned to academics to really reinforce that this stuff is true. It's harder for her. Yeah, it's got to be. If you think about, she didn't grow up. If you come from a wizarding family, then you remember your early memories, your parents floating a teddy bear towards you. Right. And creating things out of thin air and like your diaper changing itself and like weird stuff like that. That'd be handy. But if you just grow up like a muggle and then one day you're like, holy shit, I accidentally made that thing fly. And right. then you have to like learn all of this stuff. It's gotta be disconcerting yeah. at the very least. So excellent point, Council Council Pete. <laughs> you know, Hermione's attorney. I love that. Pete Collins, Esquire. Yes. I think in England they're barristers. Aren't they? Mm. Maybe? I don't know. You punched the burser? <laughs> 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 you punched the burser? Yes. <laughs> It's time for marriage lessons. Marriage is a feeling that is shared at a ceremony for two. I don't think that's exactly <laughs> true. I don't think it's, it's not true. A definitely. It's not shared. a feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's an institution. I'm going first with marriage lessons. And my marriage lesson comes from a bit that we actually skipped right over. So very conveniently, I can bring it up now. Oh, Um So this is right at the beginning of the chapter. This is when they are on their way in the tunnel to Hogwarts. And Neville's kind of telling them about the way things have been at Hogwarts. And Neville shrugged. Doesn't matter. They don't want to spill too much pure blood. So they'll torture us a bit if we're mouthy, but they won't actually kill us. Harry did not know what was worse, the things that Neville was saying or the matter-of-fact tone in which he said them. So my marriage lesson is stay outraged when something isn't right. Now, by no means am I saying Neville's done something wrong. You know, I think that it's just a survival instinct to kind of, you become desensitized to things. But I think that it's important in our advocacy for each other and as parents for us to stay outraged when something is outrageous yeah. and to keep fighting that. I mean, yes. that's, that's really simply put what it is. I like it. Very revolutionary, very like big Neville energy coming from you right big, now. Well, you know, and I think the problem is that Neville has become a little bit too numb in Harry's view. Neville's become a little bit too numb, but we see the revolutionary Neville. Absolutely. What's your marriage lesson? So mine is to trust in the magic of the room of requirement. Oh. That, you know, we are so plagued with worries all the time of how the different things are going to play out and how are we going to pull this off and how are we going to survive this in our lives. And 
and our lives together as married cats. <laughs> and it's important to remember how things sometimes just pop up and happen and how you just get lucky. Sometimes that yes. door just appears and you walk right through it. Like, for example, yesterday, you, I wanted to give you a free day. You wanted a free day, and the baby was just not allowing it to happen. No. And you felt frustrated and frazzled. And then my mom was like, hey, can I watch the baby tonight? Right. And he was oh like, oh, you just never know when that door's going to open so and something good. magical is going to happen. So good. So good. Yeah, I love that. Just kind of trust. Yeah, yeah. have some faith. Beautiful. Are you ready to roll the credits? I love credits like I love the Lord. <laughs> it's very good for I a think Sunday. I've said that before I on, think you on have. a Sunday morning it's recording. It's very strange. Yeah, it's very I weird. I woke up Sunday morning. All right, we're done with that. My friends, I would like to take a minute before winners and losers and marauder shoutouts to let you know how you can engage with us outside of the podcast universe. Check out our website, thefoxandthefoxhound.com, for show notes, past marriage lessons and prophecies, and direct links to our socials, including the link to join us in Discord. You can also leave us a voicemail directly through the website or send us a written question there as well. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok using at the fox and the foxhound, and on Twitter using at fox and foxhound. If you love this show and want to be a part of its production, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the fox and the foxhound. There are five membership tiers to choose from, and the funds go directly to us, allowing us to bring you this show ad-free. Our patrons truly make this show happen. You can also show us some love by telling your Potterhead friends about us, engaging with us on social media, and rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. Finally, we want to send a huge thank you to two special people. First is Judson Hurd, who composed the original music for our show, and whose music you can find on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you go to find new artists. His last name is spelled H-U-R-D. And second, our fantastic, brilliant, and all-around wonderful manager of mischief, Josh Bailey. Be sure to check out Casting Roles. That's R-O-L-E-S, where you'll find Josh as DM of an ongoing D&D campaign. You can find them at youtube.com slash casting roles. Again, that's R-O-L-E-S. And on Twitter using at casting roles. Let's get back to the episode. Wow, what amazing credits. Yummy. <laughs> You're so fucking weird. It's time for winners and losers. Who is your winner? Sir Neville Longbottom. Why did you give it to Sir Neville? Because he's a revolutionary and he's an anarchist and he's just been like living in this hammock place, <laughs> eating bar ham and fighting Mia Pharaoh. <laughs> Not exactly right, but, uh, you know, the spirit of it is correct and accurate. Very good. My winner is also Neville. But I'm giving it to Neville because with his persistence, he's able to, like, I realize it was Ron who kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I think Neville wears Harry down into letting everyone help him because he doesn't let it go. He doesn't drop it. He's like, no, yeah. no, 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 you can trust us. So I love that. Who is your loser? <laughs> I'm giving it to the Caros. Well, yeah. Both of them. What assholes. Because they're just evil idiots. Evil idiots. What a great way to put it. My loser. I'm giving it to Harry. Because he's wasting some really valuable time. I could see this. Arguing about like why he can't let anyone help him. And it's like, dude, you were the one who in your own thought monologue was just talking about how you had moments and not even moments. It's like, then maybe just let everyone fucking help. Go get the damn thing. Yes, God. exactly. Jesus Christ, Harry. It's time for Patronus Moments. Patronus. That was just like an 80s sitcom. Yeah. Very nice. uh, you're going first. What's your Patronus Moment? Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> 
So there have been some pretty good Patronus moments. Okay. But we've had a pretty good weekend. We have. I would say my Patronus moment is I went out to a bar with my work friends mm-hmm. after work on Friday mm-hmm. with my team and then some other people from the company. And it was just a great time. And it's been a long time since it's been a couple of years since we could do this, since we could get out of work and yeah. go to the bar. And maybe this window's closing with COVID ramping back up again. Ugh, but I know. Um, and it was a whole bunch of us, and we were outside, and we ran into some people that we used to work with that just happened to be there. They didn't know we were going to be there. I think that's so cool. And yeah. We were laughing so hard. At one point, Nikki said, I'm going to have to go home and put ice on my cheeks because I'm laughing so hard. I was crying three separate times. I had to take my glasses off. And wipe my eyes with a tissue, with a, co- a bar cocktail napkin, because I was laughing so hard. I love that. That's that's amazing. That's such a good feeling. So my Patronus moment was also from this weekend. And y'all, I love my child. She's my buddy. I'm obsessed with her. She's the cutest, smartest, most beautiful amazing baby who's ever lived and existed. But my Patronus moment was just running some errands by myself yesterday (laughs) and having an hour or two in the house by myself because you took her to your mom's and then you had plans and I had plans happening, but I had like a kind of a buffer of time. So I went to the grocery store and then I came home and I like read my chapter and it was very quiet I don't think I would have liked it if it had gone on longer than it did. Yeah. Because it would have been too quiet. But having like an hour of just total like quiet and the house to myself, it was really nice. Pretty cool. It was awesome. Let's shout out our marauders. Here's your prompt. This particular iteration of the room of requirement creates this safe hiding place, but there's also some indication that it it kind of it makes it feel cozy. It makes it feel like home. It's not this bare bones like here's your hammock. Yeah. You know, it's there's like Gryffindor hangings on the wall. In fact, the only house not represented by the way is Slytherin, so there are no Slytherins in this room. Interesting. So what is something that this iteration of the Room of Requirement would have manifested for each of our marauders to make them feel more at home? This can be like a single item. It can be like a type of, maybe it's like a nylon hammock because this person really likes camping. Who knows? Maybe it's a banana hammock. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Save that one for D-Marks, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Let's kick it off with Juice. Juice. Oh, the room of requirement would have the best coffee bar that you've ever seen. It would have to. Exactly. All the syrups and mm. the steamed milk things and mm. all the little accoutrements. So good. Cheryl and Cheney. Uh, one of those big giant beanbag chairs. Oh my God. The love sack. Yeah. It's called a love sack. Yes. Cody Jurish. A TV with a subscription to Shutter. Ooh, yes, absolutely. Wild Blue Raven. Wild Blue Ravenclaw. That's what I call it. Wild Blue Ravenclaw. Yeah. I love it. Wild Blue Raven. You know what I'm going to give to her? Something that I've always wanted, which is a little sandwich bar. You know how when you go to like Subway or somewhere, Ooh. they have like the tomatoes are in the thing and the cheese is in this and the olives are in this. And then you can just go down the line and make your own sandwich. I've always wanted that for my house. Like it's refrigerated at the bottom somehow. Yeah. So we're giving her a sandwich bar like I really want. You know what is my favorite food? Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yes. (laughs) Flavia Diaz. Flavia Diaz. Flavia in her room of requirement is going to be one of those aerial ribbons that you can do that like, you know, relaxing Aerial like stuff on aerial silks where yeah, you could silks. Oh, that sounds amazing. Samantha Tillman. Probably just like a her motorcycle. Mm. But it's on I know what it is. Do you know what a what the hell is it called? I think it's called a dyno. It's like they make them for cars and they make them for motorcycles. And it's something that you can put the vehicle on and you can rev it and the wheels will go but it won't go anywhere like turns it into a a treadmill treadmill. but you do it so that you can judge diagnostics oh and it has it's a really complex computer software and everything that it runs through and this is like the dyno is what they use like for car racers and stuff like that so she can park her indian up on her 
kick-ass dyno and just and blast like she feels like she's riding. Wicked specific. I yeah. love it. Lindsay Prestige. Lindsay Prestige. We're going to give her a four poster bed mm. with the little thing that hangs from the ceiling, the silks that come down around the bed. Like a mosquito net kind of? Yeah. Oh. Melissa Hunter. We're going to give her one of those arcade cabinets. You know what I mean by arcade cabinet, like a stand-up arcade machine? It's called a cabinet. Oh, I did not know it was called a cabinet. But it has like the uh, the little circuit that you put in there that'll give you endless games. <gasps> so she can have Big Buck Hunter? She can play whatever she wants. I love Big Buck Hunter. Nick Tillman, Nikito Tells. Just like a recliner with an ashtray and a mm. box of cigars, yes, you know? Yes, His chair. Good cigar. His, His chair. chair. His cigar chair. Natalia Ward. The warden. The warden will have like a home spa in oh. the room of requirement. Mm-hmm. It can be a sauna. You can do bubble bath. Yes. Do whatever you want. Damn, that sounds nice. Kelly Moore. She will have like the wardrobe of requirement that she can open up and whatever she's thinking of, she can have that cosplay outfit. Damn, that sounds amazing. Chris White. A library. Oh, yes. Maybe just a Kindle that has a bunch of books on it. I love, yeah, I mean, a Kindle is kind of like the the room of requirement for The books. library of requirement. <laughs> yeah. Why do libraries make people need to poop? Have you ever thought about that? Have we ever discussed that on the show? We weirdly, yes, we okay. have talked about this on anyway, the show. Anyway, moving on. And I just, I think you're full of it. Um, Until I go to the library. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amber Biggs. A nice kitchen oh, where she can bake and cook stuff. That sounds amazing. Maeve Richards. VR headset, an Oculus. Yes, yes. Oh, and then you could be anywhere you want. Yeah. Fantastic. Josh Kennedy. We're going to give him a wardrobe of requirement like Kelly Moore, mm-hmm. but instead it will be whatever nice suits and things that he wants to wear. Beautiful. Faith Kenfield. One of those chairs that's like looks like an egg, and you can get into it and it's soundproof kind oh, of. Oh, yes. So she can sit in there and chill and have some peace. That sounds really nice because it would probably get pretty noisy in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Brianne Brown. Double B. Just like a really, really beautiful panoramic skyline just of say Cleveland, it. Ohio. Yeah. yeah, just say it. Yeah. So she feels like she's at home. <laughs> Daniel Marks. D Marks. D Marks. Just the entire DMB catalog. Oh, yeah, like on like CDs or, or you know what? We'll have Sirius XM channel 30 for yes. Daniel because that's Dave Matthews Band Radio. Oh, my God. We just got a free discovered. trial. Oh, yeah. And You've been, been that DMB radio is delicious. <laughs> DMB licious. Jennifer Ayers. We'll give Jennifer Ayers a nice little wine cellar. Oh, beautiful. Mallory Gallagher. Mallory Gallagher. Mallory, we're just giving you a hammock. <laughs> That's not, I'm just kidding. My God. But it'll be the nicest hammock of any of them. That's not right to give Mallory just a hammock. Oh, for Mallory, one of those tubs that you can swim in because the jets are pushing against you. And so you have to, it's like a treadmill for swimming. Yes. You guys are familiar with oh, this? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I don't know who you're you're talking to directly, but if you're talking directly to me, yes, I'm and these familiar. Guys. And these guys, the people you can't see. Sarah Epting. A little meditation room off the side mm. so she doesn't have to yes. hear or smell the kids that are in there. <laughs> yeah, probably does get smelly in there. <laughs> Josh Bailey. A gaming table. Ooh, oh, yeah. A proper gaming table. Because you know he wants to teach RPGs to all the other DA kids. Absolutely, and he'd be so good at it. Dean Heath. Dean just needs a big widescreen TV so he can watch the Panthers game. Exactly, and somehow some some way to get the Panthers games at Hogwarts. Magic. Magic, of course. Heather Bevels. She just needs that big weighted blanket. (laughs) Yeah, her 10 by 10 blanket. I don't know if it's weighted or not, but it's humongous. Ben Clack. Ben Clark, a game room, Ooh, pool table, some dartboard, billiards, maybe foosball. Isn't there something that they play? I don't know if they play this in Australia as well, but I know in the UK they play because um, it's in Ted Lasso. Is it snooker? 
I think I have heard of Snooker. Yeah, because Ted Lasso thinks they sound like cookies. Yeah. Tim and my brother Tim and Matt from Yorkshire, longtime listener. Yes. Uh, they were in a ski ball tournament together. Love ski. Yeah, ball. they like got down to the wire where they were like some of the last ones competing or whatever. And my brother said they probably don't have ski ball in England. It's probably called like skittle pins or something. <laughs> skittle pins. <laughs> Love ski ball. Do they have ski ball in England? What did Matt say? I don't remember. <laughs> Based on how good he is, clearly they do have ski ball. <laughs> yeah, ski ball. It's the greatest. You know what you would love is what? fascination. What is that? Do you know that game? No. Fascination. Another game that Matt really likes. So they have it. It's kind of like an old. It used to be more popular. It's kind of like beach bingo. So at Knobles Amusement Park, they have a fascination parlor. So you go in and it's these balls that you roll and you like pay 50 cents or whatever. And you roll these balls. And if your ball comes up, you win the prize. Oh. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about Pete Collins? You know, Pete's got to have a record player of the big booming system. Absolutely. And or he, just AirPods. Or AirPods. But I also like the idea of a big booming system because then he can like curate like a really great playlist for everybody. And like, yeah, it would be awesome. Share the joy of music. Michael Terry. A little miniature golf inside the room of requirement. Like glow golf at the mall. So fun. The so fun. most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. The glow golf was depressing, but regular putt-putt. So, God, I love miniature golf. So wonderful. For a while there, we were talking about like going all the time and getting good, you know, but it's an expensive habit. It is. Yeah. Putt-putt is not cheap. I mean, what is it like? 12 bucks a pop now? Yeah. At the cheapest, it's like seven. It, it, now there's a card you can get down in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach has a ton of miniature golf places and there's like seven or eight of them owned by the same company of course there's this card that you can get that you pay monthly or yearly that gives you access to all of them it's like a putt-putt monopoly i don't know how i feel about that there should be no putt-putt billionaires i know (laughs) hannah gibbs abovenator the bovenator we're gonna give the bovenator her own pet alligator Oh, God, I don't know if she has any interest in a pet alligator. She doesn't have a choice. She clearly (laughs) wanted this because it popped up in the room of requirement. (laughs) So somewhere secretly in her psyche, she wants an alligator. How about Amy Sophia Mayer? I feel like she wouldn't do well in the room of requirement being stuck there because she likes to travel. Yeah. She's a world traveler. She may not have a choice. So we'll just get her Rick Steves, all of the Rick Steves episodes on DVD. Yes. Yes. How about Senior Jorgensen? A tiki bar. Nice. Like complete with like Grass drinks and everything. And, and the oh, drinks yeah. and all of it. Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to hang out at Senior's tiki bar in the room of requirement. Larissa Oatman. A jungle gym. Nice. <laughs> nice. That sounds like fun. Kit and Demi. Kit and Demi would be fine just with an old boom box and like a shoe box full of punk tapes that I have in my closet in there. Fantastic. And Buddy Hoagland, last but not least. Buddy. Buddy. Any buddy of Buddy is a buddy of mine. That's what I always say. I think that's great. Buddy, we're going to give him the secret original recipe, the 13 ingredients or whatever for the kernel secret recipe so he can make fried chicken for all of the, the kids. Because apparently they can't exist without fried chicken. Yeah. And for our extra shout out this week, Katie Rakin, winner of like one of the greatest names ever. You sound like a superhero, Katie Rakin. Katie Rakin? Mm-hmm. God, that's a killer name. It's a killer name. What would make Katie feel more at home? A sunroom. Ooh. You know? Even if it's but like artificial it's, sun. It's artificial, it's magic, but it looks magic like sun. you're outside. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah, that would be healing. That'd be very, very healing. As always, thank you to all of our marauders, all of our patrons, and all of you listening. Well, we're we're really coming into we're in the single digits for chapters, which we have been for a couple of weeks. I think we have seven left after this. Seven uh, chapters left in this book. I talked to our listener Savannah. Yes, you know who is also my coworker. Mm-hmm. We hung out on Friday night at that work function, and she's completely caught up with all the episodes. Yes, and she said, "I have stuck with this this long." Just for this, to see, <laughs> just, for just to see what series. happens to me here at the end of the series. I'm 
I'm really chomping at the bit myself and also like dreading some of it and like super excited about some of it. Yeah. It's going to be a roller coaster and not like the fun kind, really. Yeah. But I know that you're all in and it's going to be great. I'm emotionally invested. You absolutely are. We will be back next week. God willing in the creek don't rise mm. as always. But make sure you're following our socials, because if we do ever have to skip a week, we will let you know there. And if you haven't already joined us on Discord, because we have so much fun in there. We do. Yeah. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? Flying away on a snake in a prayer. <laughs> ooh, ooh, <laughs> believe it or not. It's Voldy. <laughs> <laughs>